Colleges are interesting places. There's always an energy to them. Even the smallest colleges usually have some sort of feeling emanating from throughout the halls that are contained on that campus. When you're on a large historic campus that dates back to the 1800s, you can't help but feel the history in some of the older buildings as you drive along those streets. One of the more spooky places, I would say, for many and confined would be a dorm hall. One of those older ones where basically people are living in closets two by two and there's not a lot of room for anything else. And basically you're sardines in a building. Older buildings, not great heat, sounds, creaking, all those things can make the environment very spooky. But what about when you just feel something? You feel an energy that should not be there. An energy that at times seems to come and go with one of your roommates. Maybe even transferring to another person and ultimately being the source of their demise. Even when a friend comes in to help, suddenly their personality dramatically changes to someone that you've never known before. And they attempt to assault you. That's scary stuff. But that is what happened to one young woman her freshman year of college in her dorm. This is EPP bonus episode number 432 of Real Ghost Stories Online. My name is Tony Bruski. Here's our first story. Hi, Tony and crew. It's me again. I'm excited to share another story with all of you. A lot of my stories do come from expeditions where I actually sought out the paranormal, but not all of my experiences were invited. I live in Northwest Arkansas, and I originally moved here five years ago from Eastern Arkansas to pursue higher education at the university. I've loved my time in college throughout undergrad and grad school, but I've had many, many experiences since moving from school. There's no doubt in my mind that this area of Northwest Arkansas is one of the most haunted regions of the state. And there's no doubt in my mind that the University of Arkansas campus is haunted. Some of the buildings on campus are over 150 years old as they were built when the university was founded back in the 1860s. It would make sense that the older buildings have so much energy from the thousands of people that have been in and out of their doors. But what you might not guess is that even some of the newer buildings have energy. As a freshman in 2017, 2018, I lived in a dorm on campus. The dorm I lived in is one of the oldest, but it isn't as old as some of the buildings on campus. For anyone familiar with the U of A campus and or dorms, I lived in one of the older, and I'm going to omit the name of it. This dorm was constructed in the 1950s. So old to me, but not old compared to other structures on the campus. I did have a roommate who lived in the same unit as me. We didn't have one of those fancy dorms that had separate bedrooms and a living space. It was just us cramped 
into this small room with two twin-sized beds, a desk and office chair, each, and a wardrobe for each of us. We shared a set of chester drawers, too. It was a small room to fit all of the furniture in as we just were having space to move around. The dorm was 11 feet by 13 feet. It was tiny, but we were lucky. We got along well at first. We moved in for our fall semester in August of 2017, and it was pretty chill at first. We actually rushed the same professional sorority and hung out with the same group of people. She and I were similar majors and the same academic department, so we spent a lot of time together in the dorm and out of the dorm. For the sake of clarity, I'll call my roommate Rachel. That's not her real name, but I wanted to conceal her identity since she doesn't know I'm writing in about this experience. Rachel and I were both young and had moved away from home for the first time. We both met guys our freshman year and began dating our then-boyfriends within a few months of moving into the dorm together. I've written in several stories that myself and my boyfriend at this point in my life have shared. I'll use the name Tim for him since we're no longer together. I'd already known Tim before I went to college, but we didn't become romantically involved until October of 2017. Rachel and her boyfriend, now her husband, started dating a few weeks before Tim and I. We'll call Rachel's boyfriend Ian. Now that you have the lay of the land and the people mostly affected by a spirit that made my life a living hell during my freshman year, I can get into the biggest experiences from this entity. I'll warn some audiences that there might be triggers in this story and topics such as suicide and sexual assault are covered, so please proceed with caution. Rachel and I lived on the second floor of this four-story dorm and there were rumors about our floor being haunted. I had some paranormal experiences prior to college, but I never really acknowledged them or talked about them. So when some upperclassmen in our classes told us about their own experiences about living in the dorm, I followed my roommate's lead and scoffed. I was wrong for doing that, especially after all that I saw and felt. Shortly after, I came back to Fayetteville after a trip from going home in mid-October. I noticed the first signs of activity. I was more of a night person than Rachel. I'd often stay up late doing homework, studying for upcoming tests. She often went to sleep and woke up earlier in the morning before me to do her homework and studying. The night I came back was a Sunday night, and she had gone to church for the evening. It was about 15 minutes after she left, and I was sitting in my bed propped up against the wall that was behind the head of my bed. I was on my laptop working on a paper. I noticed movements out of my peripheral vision. I looked up. I noticed the left door of Rachel's wardrobe slowly opened. Remember, we had lived here for two months already, and this was the first time I ever saw this. I got up and closed the door back. I went back to my work, and then I saw the drawer of our Chester drawers open. Again, something that's never happened. I decided to ignore it this time, thinking maybe the floor wasn't completely level and gravity was making these doors and drawers open. I couldn't rationalize why it would take two whole months to start doing that. After another 10 to 15 minutes, I was still ignoring the open drawer. I guess that pissed it off. The drawer slammed shut. It was a loud bang, and I screamed a little bit at the noise. Our next neighbors came to check on me because they heard my scream through the wall we shared. 
The walls were really thin and shitty, so you could hear just about everything. These two girls were also rushing the same sorority as me and my roommate, so I knew them very well. I couldn't tell them what I'd seen, so I just lied and said I'd been watching a horror movie on my laptop. I had not been through. They laughed at me, of course, not knowing the true reason for my fear, and left to go back to their own room. I decided to put my headphones in and listen to music to drown out any noise that might startle me again, and I turned my attention back to my homework. Nothing else happened while I was there by myself, and my roommate got home by 9 p.m. or so. I still had a lot of studying to do, and she decided to go to bed early. Usually when she went to sleep, we would turn out the overhead light, and I would keep my lamp on so I could see and read and write. She rolled over and faced the wall to face away from the light and covered her head completely, which is something she did every night. After about an hour, I got sleepy myself and decided to lay down too. I turned off my lamp, set my phone alarm for the next morning for class. It was about midnight when I woke to Rachel's screaming. She was screeching at the top of her lungs. I sat straight up in bed and fumbled for my phone to turn on the flashlight so I could see to reach for the lamp. She was clutching her sheets to her chest and completely horrified. I looked on the ground where my comforter lay next to my bed. Now, I know our room is small, but our beds were in opposite corners, and they were both lofted. I'm only 5'1", so I had to use a stool to get into my bed, since it was four feet off the ground. There was no way I could reach her bed from my bed. They were about eight feet apart at the closest point. She looked at me, and she realized I'd been asleep before she screamed. Something had jerked her comforter off her bed, but we were both asleep. I got down out of bed, grabbed the comforter to take it back to her, and out of the corner of the room, we heard a deep growl. It was closer to the foot of her bed than it was mine, and I stopped dead in my tracks. We both checked that area. At the bottom of the room, which had the TV on a shelf, a mini fridge, and our shared microwave. We couldn't find any animal or anything that would make that noise. I shook my head and told her we were probably hearing something in the next room, like furniture being moved or something, something logical, that the comforter probably had just slipped off her bed when she turned over. I had not told her about the wardrobe, the wardrobe door or the drawer opening and slamming shut. She calmed down and eventually fell back asleep. I did the same. It went a few weeks without incident, and I didn't talk about it anymore after that night until we had another scary night. Rachel was in the shower down the hallway. Since we had communal bathrooms that were shared with the whole floor, I was in my room facing and FaceTiming with my then-boyfriend. Since we were in a long-distance relationship, Rachel also usually called her boyfriend since they were also in a long-distance relationship. He went to a private Christian college three hours away on the other side of the state. I was about to wrap up my call with Tim and decided to watch some TV before going to bed a little early. I was watching whatever was on cable that night and scrolling on social media on my phone when the blinds on the one window in the room started moving on their own. The air conditioning in our room genuinely sucked and had very little power. It never really moved anything in the room, especially not the blinds that were further away from the air vent. I decided to ignore it, chalking it up to the drafty old building I guess that again pissed off the entity. The TV fell off the ledge it was sitting on. It was at least six inches from the edge of the ledge where it was sitting. 
The force was so much that the cord got yanked out of its socket. TV landed on the floor by Rachel's bed and was cracked and destroyed. Rachel walked in in her bathroom robe to change into bed clothes and she gasped when she opened the door. I was sitting in bed and tried to calm her down. She asked me what happened. I told her that the blinds were moving and the TV fell on its own. She was really freaked out, but she said she believed me. She told me that a week prior, when I was at class, she had come back to take a nap. She'd laid down in bed and had almost drifted off when the entire bed started to shake. She said she heard growling from under the bed and screamed. One of our neighbors walked in and the bed immediately stopped. Also said that she'd noticed the blinds moving while I was out some. Went over, picked up the TV, and the entire screen fell out onto the floor when I did. I grabbed the dustpan and cleaned up the mess and threw it out. Rachel and I agreed not to tell anyone about any of the past experiences or any future experiences. We were both afraid of being called crazy or being made fun of. Things like this kept happening for the next two months until Thanksgiving. We'd have desk drawers opening and closing, wardrobe doors opening and closing, and the blinds would move often. As time went on, the weather outside got colder, and we'd often have to bundle up at night to stay warm, since the heating in our building completely sucked. One night in the middle of the week, I woke up around 3 a.m. to a freezing cold room. I could literally see my breath. It was so cold. Even under a comforter and several blankets, I had chills. I rolled over to see that the window was wide open and the blinds were up. I turned on my lamp and woke Rachel up to ask her if she knew why the window was open. We obviously kept it closed at this time of year because it was freezing outside. That's where we're going to pause this week's EPP bonus episode preview of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you'd like to hear more of the terror and horror that take place in this college dorm, you want to keep listening. Become an extra podcast person through Apple Podcasts. Even try it for three days free. Get access to all of our bonus episodes, all 432 of them. The archive, the archive of regular episodes and advanced episodes, all commercial free, all there for you to binge away on right this second. Check it out through Apple Podcasts or through Patreon, patreon.com slash real ghost stories, or directly through our website at ghostpodcast.com. Start binging on all the extras today. We do appreciate your support at Real Ghost Stories Online.